This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Leave us all the reviews. Mm-hmm. Download the stuff. I don't know what stuff Five there star is. Five-star rate, reviews, subscribe. Yes. Recommend it to a friend. Like it, if like that's a thing people you, do. We have no platform on which that's they right. like it. Like, emotionally, uh, they happy can Happy like early it. fourth. God, Hammett, I just fucking saw you. What are you doing at my I, house again? <laughs> I know, I'm back. I'm going out of town for a few days with family, so it's like, all right, we're going to yeah, get Yeah, fourth this of July soon. stuff, so we're just going to do a, we're going to throw a wedge in. As a, the sad thing is, it's only been a few days, mm-hmm. and yet I'm like, oh, look, here's a ton of stuff yeah, since when last we time we recorded. Over the weekend, I was like, are we going to be able to fill up a whole new show yes. when we literally just talked like four days ago? And... Yeah, yeah, hella can. <laughs> um, good news as we're recording, uh, the U.S. advance over um, England in the Women's World Cup soccer f- finals, which Take is exciting. that, England. Also, yeah, fuck y'all, England. That's not true. I love England. Also, one of the women scored a goal, and then she mimed sipping tea, which is like a fucking atomic burn. Is that what burn. she was yes! doing? I saw the replay. I Such thought she was smoking burn. something. No, no, no. She was sipping tea. All I saw um, was two fingers. I'm like, she's smoking something. And also, the Trump administration said it would not include the citizenship question for the 2020 census, which is a... Which is a long way they took to just say, like, fine, we won't do all the things. I mean... Because they can't get away by saying, like, no, we took totally need that everyone knows they're lying yeah if you're not aware they want to, the the u.s does the census every 10 years it's constitutionally mandated um and it's generally just trying to count how many people there are and that's how we divide districts and decide representation and all that stuff so it's really important and it's really hard to get you know a gajillion people count. to yeah <laughs> to fill it out and they wanted to include on it a citizenship test are you a legal citizen which would meet, which would almost certainly deter people who are here undocumented or feel threatened by the current administration for whatever reason. I, know, I don't know why imagine. they would be. And John Roberts basically cited on a five to four decision, and he's like, You guys are lying to me about the reason mm-hmm. you want to include this. We have a million smoking guns saying, Because we're racist. Right. And he's like, You need to lie to me better. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. And they finally are, their whole thing is like, No, you need to. Tell us we can include the citizenship question because we need to print this by June 30th or whatever. And so a couple days before June 30th, they're like, you guys are lying. We know you're lying. Everyone knows you're lying except Clarence Thomas. And like, so you need to not do this. And so they're like, oh, shit. Not only do they catch us in a lie, we don't have enough time because we made up this whole thing. about We need to get this out of the door now. Um, So they gave up today. But it is good. I, I was going to say it's a major vi- victory. It's not. It's a major loss aversion. <laughs> and you know what? It's. I saw people on Twitter like celebrating. And yes, it's worth celebrating because it's a victory for like decent human beings instead of Republicans. They're, they're opposites to me now. Yep. Um, but here's the thing that got to me. It's like we're celebrating like them not doing something insane when... In another administration, even another Republican administration, probably, this wouldn't have been an issue. Right. It's like Trump setting something on fire, putting it out and saying, look, I put it out for you. That's not something we should be celebrating. No, but I think... But in it, this you ad- take what you can get at this point. And this administration staying in place is a victory. Not being dragged by our hair backwards is a victory. Like, I know it's grim, but... God, I need this one, bud. <laughs> like, shit's Ugh. pretty grim around here. It's not much else to celebrate. Okay, so <laughs> we spoke on Thursday for the last podcast, Ugh. and on Friday, they actually released more orders for the Supreme Court. Oh, Like, good. after they already made their big announcements about the cases, mm-hmm. they're like, here's what we're going to do next time. And here's one of the big cases that they're going to hear next term. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's a church-state separation issue. There was one they said we're not going to listen to and one they said we are going to listen to. So I want to talk about those. Okay. Here's the big one that they're going to hear. And this is a case uh, called Espinoza. Uh, I forgot the technical name of it. But it's Espinoza versus, like, Montana, Montana Department of Revenue. And here's what this case involves. In 2015, the state of Montana passed a law basically saying if you make a donation for a scholarship Mm -hmm. to a private school. Like, we want to help you do that. We want to give you encouragement to say, I have money, I'm going to give it to this school, and they can give scholarships from that. We want to reward that. Mm -hmm. So anyone who does it, uh, if you give a certain amount or whatever, we will give you $150 in income tax credit. Okay. So basically, we'll reward you on your taxes. 
for offering this scholarship to a private school. Okay, fine. Okay. Except just about every private school is, is religious yeah. and they are Christian. And so basically the government was giving people a reward if they made a donation to a Christian school. Uh-huh. It just involved a couple like there was a little it wasn't a direct path. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you gave money to a Christian school so they can offer a scholarship. Uh okay, well here's some money back for you. So here's the deal. Montana's own constitution actually says it explicitly has a thing saying no public money can fund religious schools. And in a sense, this was the argument that people filing this lawsuit were saying, like, you're totally using public money to reward people funding a religious school. And the Montana Supreme Court actually voted five to two in that in favor of the good guys saying like, yeah, this is funding religious education. Uh No taxpayer money should be doing this. One of the judges even said the tax credit permits the legislature to subsidize tuition payments at religiously affiliated private schools. Right. Like just you could have given it to tuition. It would have been the same thing. You're giving it to a scholarship. It's what are you pretending like it's not money to a religious school? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's I mean, how what was even their argument about that? I'll get to that in a second. Americans United for Separation of Church and State even wrote an argument in defense of the ultimate outcome. And they were saying, like, this is a transparent attempt to circumvent state constitutions Mm -hmm. that prohibit public funding of religious education like the Montana Supreme Court. They saw through this, they called it a money laundering scheme. Whoa. I know. So anyway, the argument from Big the other words. side, the argument for the other side is, look, the, the law that was passed does not say if you give money to a religious school, we'll reward you for it. It says if you give a private school money, we will reward you for it. It just happens that all the private schools, like just about all of them are religious. Who'd have thunk? Their argument is... We didn't do any research. (laughs) This is just like the Trinity Lutheran case. If you offer a general, like, uh, um, refund of sorts, Mm -hmm. if the government has a program that applies to everybody Mm -hmm. and the reward happens to go to a religious institution, but for everyone to theoretically use, like, this is just like that, essentially. Mm -hmm. The government didn't say let's promote religion it said let's give you a reward for helping a private school that was their argument and the supreme court of montana said no you're bullshitting us yeah this is just giving money to religion i've seen a theme in these two court cases (laughs) is the the people were straight up lying yeah well one of the plaintiffs one of the religious plaintiffs espinoza uh kendra espinoza said without the tax credit her daughters couldn't get a scholarship to a private school. She said the court's ruling, Supreme Court of Montana, the court's ruling discriminates against religious families and every Montana child who is counting on these scholarships. No, it's not your right to go to a private school. <laughs> right. Mike. Like, what? Right. And the fact that it's discriminating against religious families, like, you're not supposed to say that. That's the quiet part. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's not about religious families, oh right? God. And here's the thing. Any of these private schools can give away scholarships. Sure. They don't need the public getting reward. And people are welcome to give them money for mm-hmm. scholarships. The government doesn't need to give them a present for it. Right. That's the issue here. So now the U.S. <sighs> Supreme Court is now stepping in because the advocates for this program said, hey, so U.S. Supreme Court... Take a look at what they did in Montana. Why don't you take this up? And they said, fine, because they're going to argue, is this just like Trinity Lutheran? Are, did Montana violate the U.S. Constitution by blocking a program that is neutral on the surface uh-huh. just because it happens to benefit a bunch of religious schools? That's what the U.S. Supreme Court wants to check it out. And the truth is, this puts public education, church-state separation, a lot of that hangs in the balance. Uh-huh. The numbers on the court do not make this case look good. Um, and the question is, as Dottie reacts... Dottie is playing with her loudest fucking toy that she hasn't she talked to, touched in three We're weeks. We're a professional podcast. Um, Peter Green, who writes for Forbes, actually said this case matters because it could extend the Trinity Lutheran notion 
that free exercise of religion beats the establishment clause. That it's okay that That's you're benefiting so religion because, hey, you get to practice what you want. It opens the door wide open to using public tax money for private religious schools. This is like what Betsy DeVos dreams yeah. of when she why she got into this business. Yeah, exactly. So this is one of the ones that the U.S. Supreme Court will take up. And then here's the other case that they're going to be looking at. Um, one of the biggest cases they decided this term was saying that this giant Christian cross in Maryland on public property that mm-hmm. they called a war memorial, mm-hmm. it just happened to be in the shape of a cross. Crosses, and as we all know, are not religious symbols. It's just a giant T. What are you all talking about? <laughs> Samuel Alito wrote for the majority, and he said, yes, it's a Christian symbol, but, but it's become secular over time. No one thinks of it as a Christian symbol, this I, one in Maryland I now. Do. Yeah, like everyone does. What are you talking about? So anyway, it turns out, while that case is going on, there is a separate case in Florida involving a very similar issue. Okay. This one involves uh, a giant Christian cross in Pensacola's Bayview Park. And basically, like, this one is not a war memorial. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a straight-up cross. And the American Humanist Association said years ago, like, you're just promoting Christianity. Like, this, what are you doing? You use it for Christian purposes. Like, this is not the same thing. You can't even get away with this one. (laughs) And so they filed a lawsuit in 2017. A court said, yeah, this is unconstitutional. It's got to come down. Uh And at that point alone, district court level, like the city of Pensacola, the taxpayers there, had to pay more than $130,000. And then all these Republican attorneys general from across the country are like, we need to appeal this because, yay, cross. Uh Um, And then the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously said, yeah, we were right. The guy was right the first time. The judge, (laughs) he was totally right. Of course it has to come Uh down. But here's the downside. They said, look, we don't want to do this. We don't want to say it's illegal, but the Supreme Court precedent says it's illegal Uh what you're doing here. But they also kind of said, like, this is actually what was in their writing. Our hands are tied. We are constrained to affirm the district court's order. So dramatic. Yeah, they were basically saying, like, look, we don't want to do this, but our job says we have to. Oh, my God. So, hey, U.S. Supreme Court, you should look at this. Usually, Supreme Court says, well, there's a decision here and the opposite decision somewhere else. Uh You need us to resolve the issue. And here's a case where it's like the one judge said it, then the unanimous appeals court said it. I don't like that answer. And the appellate court's like, yeah, I know we all are saying the same (laughs) thing, but we still want you to step in and say the opposite. (laughs) God. And so here's the deal. The Supreme Court said last Friday, oh, by the way, one of those judges, only one of them, one of them was a Trump judge. And he actually said there were five things he knew for sure about this whole case and the establishment clause jurisprudence. He's like... The whole the way we deal with church-state separation, it's a wreck. Oh. He said, as a lower court in the appellate court, we have to apply the rules as seen. Don't and that's you hate a problem. when the laws get in the way of your <laughs> lawyer job? He said, in the last decade, the Supreme Court has emph- increasingly emphasized the importance of history and tradition. And like, come on, you guys. Like, this, is, this cross has been around for a long time. It's old as fuck. So, so why don't you change the law to emphasize history, yeah. which is what Alito did. Mm-hmm. He also said there's a robust history of a bunch of cities and states erecting cross monuments on public land. That's totally normal. And also, like, saying that this would be illegal, that actually now violates what the Supreme Court says. So he's basically saying, hey, Supreme Court, take this up. They said this on Friday, they said, look, we're not going to take up this case, but we are throwing it back to you. We are tossing out the ruling that you already made to Uh the appellate court. And then they said, hey, appellate court, take another look at it now that we've ruled about the Maryland one. And we said tradition is okay. Take another look at it. And so here's the new questions that you got to ask. Like, is tradition alone enough to say this one is legal? Because, again, with the Supreme Court's ruling with the Maryland cross, it doesn't mean you could just put up a cross willy-nilly. 
Are there any rules no. anymore? Like, is there it literally no just, I didn't get the answer. I want somebody to give me a different answer. That's it, exactly what this like is. This feels like dad told me I couldn't go to this thing. I'm going to go ask mom. Yes. And, and now the court's saying like, well, we now say precedent is that if it's an old cross, you can get away with it. So is that enough to fit, fix whatever your needs are? And they're tossing it back there. But like, is tradition enough? Because... This isn't just about tradition. Remember, this is an old cross. This isn't a war memorial. Mm -hmm. This is, it hasn't been around nearly as long. And it's a similar thing to the the other one that it's on public property. It costs money to maintain. It's a tacit endorsement of, of Christianity at a national level, which isn't okay. So the question is, if a giant Christian cross is not that old and it only has a religious purpose... Yeah. Then can you still say it's legal? I mean, even with the Supreme Court's decision, it's like that it doesn't apply here. We're not talking about apples and oranges. These are totally different issues. Mm-hmm. But is it enough for these that Trump lawyer, I'm sorry, the Trump judge right. and the other judges to be like, yeah, all right, we could change our minds now. So they're <sighs> going to get another shot at it. Cool. And so who knows? It shouldn't be legal, but now the court may have found their justification to get away with saying, yep, this one's legal too. Crosses are legal everywhere. So That's fun and cool and good. So that's the thing that's happening. Neat. Um, I think this happened before, after the last time we talked, Mm -hmm. but I did want to bring this up. Uh, The last time we talked, the second Democratic debate had not happened. uh, Oh, yeah. The second night of it anyway. And one of the things Pete Buttigieg said in the second debate got oh, a yeah. lot of attention. We didn't get a chance to talk about he it. He gave us a shout out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing that he said. And he kind of like, you could tell he had the line prepared because that's what you do when you're preparing for a debate. Mm-hmm. And he clearly <laughs> pushed it in where it didn't belong. He's just like, I'm talking about this other thing. But you know what? While we're at it, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Now like, that I have the spotlight. Exactly. But here's the thing he said. He said the Republican Party likes to cloak itself in the language of religion. Mm -hmm. Now, our party doesn't talk about that as much, largely for a very good reason, which is we're committed to separation of church and state, Mm -hmm. and we stand for people of any religion and people with no religion. And he also said, but we should call out hypocrisy when we see it. Mm -hmm. And for a party that associates itself with Christianity, to say that it's okay to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone putting children in cages, has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. Got a huge standing ovation. Mm-hmm. He actually, as far as I can tell, got the most money in the second quarter. Yeah, he cleaned up. Um, he cleaned like $24 million in the past three months, which uh-huh. is not something a lot of candidates ever get. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Here's the reason I took issue with what he said. He said, our party doesn't talk about religion as much. That's a lie. Democrats, Democratic candidates talk about religion all the time. He's using a right-wing talking point, which is that the Republicans are a party of faith and the Democrats are somehow this godless party. Like Obama always worked in religious references. Cory Booker can't get a sentence out without working in a Bible verse. And plenty of these candidates talk about religion all the time. Here's the difference. They don't use it as the only justification for their ideas. Like Mm -hmm. when Elizabeth Warren says, I have a plan for that, the plan isn't the Bible said it. But she will use like, you know, Jesus says, help the least of these. And this is why this is my plan to address poverty. This is the sort of thing Democrats do. They can cite the Bible. They could talk about the importance of religion. But here's the thing. This idea that he's playing into this right-wing thing I didn't like. This idea that our party doesn't talk about it. No, they do. As an atheist who pays attention to it, I notice it all the time. They just don't act like I'm better than you because I happen to be religious. Yes, and I I do not disagree with you, but I would also say that... I'm not trashing Buttigieg, by the way. No, no, no. But I I just want to be cautious about this because i feel like he's using shorthand a little more than like because i it's it's not like he's doing a stump speech right like he's in a debate and he has Mm -hmm. he has to like get his points out i think that the idea that the right has an evangelical base is not incorrect is his phrasing perfect no but i don't know how else this is he could easily say yeah we talk about religion too but our religion is focused on helping people not using it to batter you over the head with it. Yeah, but then it. you would 
complain that he isn't mentioning atheists. I like. I, I feel this, like under the circumstances, I'm not mad at it. It's listen. I'm I, just it's, pointing it out. I know. <laughs> um, I'm glad he said we're committed to separation like, of church and state. The lip service that says we stand for people of any religion and no religion. Yeah, Obama did that during an inauguration. It was nice. Yeah. He's saying it. That's nice. If that's all we get, whatever. I'm not looking for Democratic presidential candidates to make my case as an atheist for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, But it's nice to be included. But again, that's something a Republican could... Ted Cruz could do that. It just doesn't mean much. I don't think Ted Cruz accepts that we as humans exist. uh, That's true. Then here's the other thing that bothered me a little more about what Buttigieg said. He said, like, this party that associates itself with Christianity, who does things that are unchristian in his mm-hmm. implication, has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. He acts like the Trump administration is doing something that evangelicals, like, ought to be appalled by, that this is somehow newly awful stuff. Yeah. Republicans have always, at least in the past 10, 20 years, they've always used religious language to push for hypocritical values to pretend like it's brand new with this administration and the cruelty. No, it's been going on forever. They're just taking it further. Right. But like they've used religion to oppose women's rights and LGBTQ rights forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least my political awareness of it. Cause I've grown up in a time when Republicans <sighs> were nothing but cartoonishly evil. Right. Like they've always used religion as a wedge to hurt other people with it. So this idea that, you know, I know he's a religious guy, but to pretend that the Trump administration is doing something hypocritical mm-hmm. that used to not be the case. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's bullshit. They've always been this bad. And again, I know it's a debate. I know he's maybe shorthand. Maybe he's just trying to, like, make that case. I like that he pointed out that they're religious hypocrites. Yeah. But it's not new. It's not new with this administration. This has always been what Republicans do with the evangelical right. Yeah, I do think, though, what we're seeing right now is a more extreme version of what's been building in the last 20 years. Because It is more amusing to see evangelical, white evangelicals, justify everything Trump is doing using their religion. Like, oh, no, they shouldn't have crossed the border Uh, or whatever. So bad. But, like... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just think I, I think that everything's kind of coming to a point with the with the border situation. I really think that's because you and I have talked about injustices at the hands of the religious right for a long time. But I think the reality is for a lot of Americans, it hasn't been as problematic in the past as it is now because like we're pro-choice, right? So an attack on women's right is is an attack on on all of us. We're, we're like pro LGBT, progressive, but we're pro LGBT, and an attack on on the LGBT community is an attack on all of us. But not everybody has that point of view. But I think when things are black and as black and white as children are in cages, that I think opens people's eyes in Maybe. a way that because it it feels more real. I'm debating whether I buy that or not. I mean, you're right. It's a worse, like, it's it's right there in front of you. You're seeing pictures of kids in concentration camps. What the hell is wrong with you if your religion yeah. is, says it's okay with this? And their response is like, we're not saying our religion's okay with this, but there's got to be punishments. That's right. what the right wing is uh, saying. But, like, anyone who lived through the Obama administration's early years where they were debating uh, marriage equality and you saw like what Bush did with stem cell research and all that. Yeah. It's like, no, the Republicans are making dumb choices and some Democrats too mm-hmm. are making dumb choices because of the religious pressure. So yeah, what's happening now is really awful, well, but it was never not awful. But And it's also less abstract. Gay marriage is an important right, but it's also fairly abstract. Stem cell research is pretty abstract. Abortion rights are pretty abstract unless you're like fucking staring at it in the face. This is a thing that is a right. crisis that is happening right now. That is true. And I'm not saying that those things are less important or more important or or whatever. I think just the visual of it from a storytelling perspective, seeing children in cages yeah. is very different. Let's see megachurch pastors put those pictures up on Sunday. Yeah. Go <laughs> justify that because that's what you're voting for. So blame white evangelicals for supporting that because right. whether they like it or not, this is happening because of them and their support of it. 
Um, and if they don't like it, they don't have to vote for Democrats. They could sit out the next election mm-hmm. and say, I am not supporting what's going on here. They would be more meaningful if they voted for a Democrat out of spite. Right. But blame white evangelicals for what's going on at the border because they're okay with it. That's mm-hmm. why this is happening. Trump knows he can get away with it because yeah. they're not going to push back on him. Right. Uh, Stephen Colbert made a joke about this, but he's saying, like, this stuff isn't cloaked in Christianity. Like, no, it's more of a sheet. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Buttigieg said that stuff. He got a lot of applause for it, and it sounds really good, which means he'll probably use those lines again at some point. Mm-hmm. But just to point out, like, He's simplifying it to the point where he's giving the right and he's giving white evangelicals more credit than they deserve for the past. And I don't think that's fair. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Here's a separate issue. Thankfully, it seems like a minor issue at this point. But there's a city in Minnesota, St. Louis Park Mm -hmm. in Minnesota. And the city council recently decided, you know what? We say the Pledge of Allegiance at all of our meetings Let's stop doing that because it has different meanings to different people. Uh And we're a growing, newer, more... We have a lot of newer, more diverse people in our community now. And for them, they didn't specify this, but I'll fill in the blanks for them. Like some people, when they hear under God, that's not what they think of the country as, right? If we're Mm -hmm. talking about atheists. Some people hear there's liberty and justice for all. They don't feel that way about it. Right. They also feel like I'm not pledging allegiance to the United States when I see the concentration camps. Right. Like this country does not deserve my blind allegiance. And their whole point is, look, everyone has different things about this. It is not a, a ritual of unification. So let's just drop the pledge. People can say it on their own if they want. We don't need to make it a part of our meeting. Mm-hmm. They voted five to zero to make that change. I think there were two people who were not there that day. Okay. Uh, at least one of whom said, no, I would have supported it. Mm-hmm. But whatever. They voted to get rid of it. Um, one of them even said, I hope it's not too controversial. <laughs> like, where have you been, buddy? Anyway, so they made that move. And, of course, the Christian right since then has been flipping out over this because they care more about symbols of patriotism than actual patriotism. Or actual Americans. Or actual Americans. So they're saying one Fox News contributor said, if you're bothered by the pledge, you should live in another country. Cute. Because only conservative Christians are allowed here. Mm -hmm. Now some people on the right, every time you see an article about this on a right-wing website, they're like, this is happening in Representative Ilhan Omar's district, and she's a Somali Muslim, and then they just kind of stop there, because she had nothing to do with this. Uh (laughs) But they put up her picture... They're like, look, she's Remember black. Remember the hijab? Do you, huh? Yeah, do you see the hijab? Woo! Do you see the black woman? Also, they got rid of the pledge. Link those together. We won't do it for you, but it's a connect the dots, and we're here's two dots for you. Ugh. You do the work. Um, cool. That's so fun they, and cool. Now they're going to revisit their, their, they're going to revisit the pledge question now. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think they are. Uh, they're going to revisit it at their next meeting, and I hope they don't change their mind, because they were right the first time. Right. But... Um, I want to talk about a thing. Yes. Uh, North Dakota. Um, they currently have one law regarding abortions that requires um, physicians to tell patients that abortion terminates, quote, the life of a whole separate, unique, living human being. Um, Keep going. What was that? Don't worry about it. Are we going to do sound clips now? No. Oh, okay. Um and so that's already in existence. And then as of August 1st, HB 1336 is going to come into existence that compels doctors to tell patients that medication-induced in- abortions can be reversed. So in other words, um, when you have a non-surgical abortion, it generally consists of two pills um, that have to be taken s- separately. So doctors must tell patients that um, it's a government-scripted information, which, like, hello, 1984, on where to find a medical professional who will provide an experimental and unethical treatment to, quote, reverse an abortion. So, um, and the idea is you take the first pill, but before you take the second you one... You change your mind. Yeah, you can do that, and it'll undo whatever you started. But that hasn't been tested. We don't know what effects that has. And also... Like, once it's been induced, the woman is... Once you've had an abortion, once you've induced an abortion, you're not pregnant anymore. You can't just, like, put it back. Um, So, 
the AMA, the American Medical Association, which which has by and large stayed out of kind of quote unquote controversial topics like this, has filed a lawsuit. Which is really weird for the AMA. They try not to take political Very stances like this. So. And they're like, you're making us lie about abortions. Yeah. And I, um, so yeah, it's very interesting. It's very unique. It's good news for, for us. Um, it's good to see the whole medical profession basically saying Republicans want us to lie to women right. about their health, about their bodies. Right. As doctors, right. we are not, we don't want to be complicit in this. Right. And I, so we're suing the whole state. And it's good because I, I feel like the the AMA, you have to remember, is like made up of membership of doctors. It's not just like this overseen govern, you know, overseen body. Um, so AMA president Patrice A. Harris. She said, um, the patient-physician relationship is the cornerstone of healthcare and depends upon honest, open communications about all of the patient's healthcare options. The AMA will always defend science and open conversations about all healthcare options available to patients. So essentially, they're saying that um, these two laws violate the First Amendment rights of physicians by forcing them to lie. Yeah, good. Like, they're right. The question is whether the courts will agree with them, but that would be a hell of a new way to get the... (laughs) Yeah. To get the abortion side, the anti-abortion side, to like calm the fuck down with yeah. all the lies. She also said the law, the law forces uh, physi- This is the the one that's already in existence. Um, forces physicians to endorse a controversial and ideological government message, which me- misleads patients, which is unmoored from the scientific facts relevant to the patient's need to consent to abortion, and which shames and stigmatizes the patient's decision to seek an abortion. Not only does this message threaten emotional harm to patients, but it also exposes patients to unknown side effects from an unverified medical procedure. Yeah, this is what I never really understood about the the anti-abortion side, which is their arguments are so weak Mm -hmm. that they are totally fine with pushing for obstacles. Like, oh no, you're the halls of the abortion clinic have to be like this many feet wide. Yeah. Has no medical purpose. It's just an obstacle. Right. This is the law in North Dakota is like, no, doctors just have to tell lies to patients. It's wild. And they're totally fine with all of this. They're all like, we have the facts and the truth on our side. How are you going to implement this? How are you going to persuade people? We're just going to make you lie. Yeah. We're just going to put obstacles in your way because our arguments can't stand for themselves. Yeah. So we're just going to make you do all this stuff by force of law. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see people who actually know what the hell's going on right. say no we are not taking part in this right and, and, work. and even if even if this lawsuit is successful i i want to be clear that like getting an abortion in north dakota even if both of these <laughs> laws are are uh, stricken um still these things that the ama is not uh pressing against a patient must receive state directed counseling and then wait 24 hours before the procedure is provided abortion providers must offer um, offer women the opportunity to view an ultrasound. The parents of a minor must consent before an, an abortion is provided. And again, all so, of those things are bad ideas, and we can make arguments for why they're bad. Right. But they don't require doctors to lie. Correct. They don't necessarily hurt women. They're just obstacles in the path of I mean, women. Yes, they do. Which hurt is why they by setting up indirectly. Obstacles. Like that's why the AMA won't get involved in those issues. Right. But when this one's like, no, we're going to make doctors do this thing, it's, um, what was it, in Missouri, they just recently said, oh, the one abortion clinic that's there, you have to give women a pelvic exam (sighs) before the abortion. We just want doctors to stick their fingers in there for no medical reason other than it makes everyone uncomfortable. And maybe some women won't want to do it. And maybe the doctors won't want to do it. Like, they finally backed off on that. But, like, that's what they do because they don't have actual yeah. arguments. So ugh. I'm glad I grabbed a beer instead of a pop. That this is, is a, a smart idea. It was a really good choice. This is, speaking of people who have no clue what they're talking about, this is an Ohio <laughs> state representative. you talk about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ohio so state representative Jenna Powell. She is a new legislator so in Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yep, she's a new Republican in the state house. Mm-hmm. She just proposed uh, a couple days ago House Resolution 180 which calls pornography a public health hazard. Oh. Yes. So this is not a law. This is just a this is how we feel about it resolution that has the weight of the government. Mm-hmm. But according to her and I read through this resolution, here's everything she blames pornography for. Uh, throughout the resolution. She says porn is responsible for human trafficking or an increase in human trafficking. Wait, wait. Yep, yep. Watching porn uh, means you're participating in human trafficking. Um, 
Um, yeah. A sexually toxic environment. For whom? I um, d- didn't say. Rape. Um, me too. Hashtag me too. Um, Literally hashtag me too. Because um, if you're watching porn, I guess her thinking is uh, you make it more likely that men are going to abuse women and that leads to the me too claims. I so have bad news for her about who views porn because yeah. it ain't just dudes. Um, child sexual abuse. The hypersexualization of adolescent and prepubescent children, mm. low self-esteem. She's a little behind the. Okay, low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Uh, I'll give her that one. <laughs> problematic sexual activity, body image disorders, negative impact on healthy brain development and functioning. Oh, I'm, I'm sure gonna... she said the studies. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> no, there were no citations. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to run through here. Okay, emotional and physical illness. Right. Deviant sexual desires, mm. harmful sexual behaviors, and addiction. Difficulty in forming or maintaining positive intimate relationships. Uh-oh. Yeah, because if you watch porn, you are you must be single and incapable of having uh-huh. risky sexual behaviors, Ooh. extreme degradation, extreme. Ad- extreme decrease in young men to marry, pursue intimacy, or engage socially. Basically, it's socially awkward young men watching it and then never able to not watch it. Dissatisfaction in marriage. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Infidelity and a detrimental effect on the family unit. Those are the Ooh, things porn boy. causes, which means she's watching the wrong kind, apparently. I guess. All this from someone whose party is like, what, rapist in the White House? Yeah, we're fine with it. Roy Girl, Moore? All like, right. Genuinely, that's the thing that fucking pisses me off the most is like, oh, my God, porn causes rape. Well, <laughs> rapists generally cause rape, and you don't give a flying fuck about them. And here's the thing. I'm not even saying porn is good for you or porn has no consequences. We could have a real discussion about That's... the harm of porn. This is not that. No, and I cannot <laughs> think of a discussion I'm less interested in yeah, having. We could to be talk honest. about like people filmed without consent and that's not oh, okay. Yeah. And and revenge porn not okay and like but how it's not, not realistic. Same, that's not the that's ballpark. That's not the same thing. We're not talking about that. Yeah, that's to, not porn. To that's treat, violation. To treat it all as evil and anyone who watches it as having clear mental problems mm-hmm. of some sort. Like, you don't understand it. You don't... It's just... It's baseless. It's ignorant. And by the way, a very similar bill, because all of these Christian groups copy and paste yeah. like these things. What a do similar they call bill, it? Their Blitz... Cream? Project Blitz. <laughs> I don't know if this bill is part of Project Blitz, but it has the same thing, because... Blitz? What are Blitz. you guys doing? <laughs> they were looking at the World War II, and they're like, what else can we take what from here? What good lessons are camps, there? Blitz. Love it. Got it. Blitz. Um... A similar bill was passed in Tennessee. It's a resolution. The ACLU even said, like, we're not going to sue over this because it's not a law. There's nothing for us to fight. But it's a symbolic... That's this. This is, is all it, a symbol, and it wouldn't change anything. But it's a stupid symbol. Is it like when Trump declared something or other a national emergency? Like it, it should mean something, but like functionally, nothing. It doesn't trigger That's, anything. This is func- functionally useless. Okay. Um, but it's the idea that counts, and it's a dumb idea. But that's what you get when you're a for this person. <laughs> uh, I have a fun story. Do you now? Uh huh. Um, <laughs> so recently, some headlines have been popping up, and I would like to read my favorite uh, from the Sun, purveyors of fine journalistic integrity, <laughs> as always. Millennials, on caps, are growing horns out of their skulls due to excessive smartphone use. Growing horns. Growing horns. Yeah. Um, so there was a study conducted by a chiropractor. This is a good start. <laughs> and that's not to say that chiropractors are not capable of holding studies, but this particular <laughs> chiropractor did not. Um So researchers looked at x-rays of 1,200 people who, uh, you know what, maybe the chiropractor didn't run it, but it took place at his clinic, his or her clinic, I'm sorry. Um, 1,200 people who presented to a single chiropractic clinic. So they measured, so they took like profile um, x-rays, and they measured, and I'm going to say protuberance a lot in the next five (laughs) minutes, and I just need everybody to bear with me. Uh, they measured their bony protuberance at the base of their skull. So, like, right, right, right here, Ski? Like, kind of, like, the base of your skull. Yeah, okay, back under... Like, right yeah, here. Yeah, it's just... 
the where base. the hair stops. Yeah, exactly, where your hair stops and, and like the corners. Which is where I keep my phone when I'm talking on it. Oh, what? no. Oh, no, no, no. There's more. Uh-huh. Um, there's lots of evidence, so please don't poo-poo it. Oh, okay, um, okay. I would keep like telling to... me what the chiropractor found, <laughs> taking uh, you completely <laughs> seriously. <laughs> uh, so they measured these protuberances, and if it exceeded 10 millimeters, it was deemed enlarged. So that's a study. Okay. They compared how common it is for this enlarged protuberance to exist between uh, different age groups, between men and women. They tried to calculate who would predispose, what would predispose you to having it. And so the authors gathered this data and were like, huh. So these protuberances apparently are a body's natural response to stress and are more common with age. I have never heard of this thing before. That means nothing. I'm an so we we all have horns. Well, and it's funny because horns. I mean, if I said I had horns, where <laughs> would you picture my horns were? The top of your head, the not top where the my head, like where the devil has his. Right. Like so, somewhere between the devil pointing. and Quasimodo is where this protuberance exists. Yeah, it's like if you're wearing like those uh, wireless earbuds that go over the back of your ears. Like that's kind of where they point, to, and they're pointing like towards your shoulders, which like. Listen, horns Sorry, are functional. You already lost me at chiropractor. <laughs> horns are a functional thing in the animal kingdom. We can't just call anything horns. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the Wild West. Um, so they. Uh, so anyway, apparently these little protuberances grow. I hate that word. Uh, it's a body's response to stress. Come more, become more common with age, and so they're like, oh, we've seen a lot of younger people with these growths. Um, Therefore, we'll blame it be, on whatever millennials and are doing. And we think it's because of smartphone usage. So that's what they put out. And then you get headlines like millennials are growing horns out of their skulls due to excessive smartphone use. So they made up a stupid reason uh-huh. for why these horns, in big quote, hands are growing. Mm-hmm. All the tabloids ran with it. And it was by a chiropractor. Uh-huh. Um, I want to I read just a couple. I have a couple bulleted oh, really? issue points uh, with this particular study. Um, at no point did they measure cell phone use. Oh, yeah. Well. So the, the crux of their study mm. that millennials are using, which, by the way, God, I'm 33 and I'm a millennial. Like, millennial is not code for children. <laughs> Can we stop them for a fucking like, sec? We don't. If someone calls me, I'll, like, let it go to voice. I'm not picking up my damn oh, phone. Oh, no, that's true. I had to call. Like, I'm not putting it next to my head. I don't remember the... I do that very few times. Oh, yeah. Speakerphone for life. Right. So... This idea no, that the phones no are causing on. the protuberance. Well, no, no, it's it's because it's not. It's like from looking down. It's like oh. looking down at your phone. It's oh, not holding right. it up. I'm sorry. Wouldn't the same I'm thing sorry, apply the to books? I'm sorry. The study wasn't clear. If you're reading books, wouldn't you be doing the same damn thing? You could call this the Kindle problem. <laughs> Blame it on Harry that. Potter. Did you know that when I was in third grade, I got glasses because um, I'm nearsighted, and okay. nobody else in my family had glasses, and the eye doctor was like, "Oh, it's because you read too much." Oh, I've gotten that, yeah. Is that, hey, is anybody an eye doctor? Is that a real <laughs> thing? Or did my eye doctor, when I was eight, try to, like, discourage me from reading? Anyway, that was point number one. <laughs> so they never measured cell phone usage uh-huh. at all. So it was just, like, a bucket of assumptions. Uh, number two, the person measuring the protuberances was not blinded to the sex and age of the person. So assumably they're in on this study and could have been biased. Um, the authors admitted their results contradicted existing results, which is cool. The part, the participants all visited a chiropractor voluntarily, so it's not a random sampling of people. So it's just a shitty study that led to shitty results that tabloids then... There is an old XKCD comic where they had like... What words are you saying? XKCD? It's, a, it's an internet comic. Come on. XKCD. It's a comic, but okay. they had... He's basically saying like, Purple jelly bean doesn't do it. Th- I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it. No, no, like no. purple jelly bean doesn't do anything. Red jelly bean doesn't do anything. And he goes through like a whole bunch of colors. Uh-huh. Green jelly bean did this thing. And it like one out of 20 times. It's like, oh, p-values 0.05. Hey, look, study. And we get a result. And it's like, no, it's just a stupid uh, yeah. fluke. Stop acting like anything happened. It's very but stupid. the whole point was people exaggerate those results mm-hmm. to the point where it's almost Useless. laughable. Yeah. Um. Also, I have to go look it up now because I have no idea what that comic said. The uh, the last the last point I wanted to bring up is the chiropractor uh, who held the study is selling a pillow. 
Oh. That will help my horns <laughs> growing in the back of Can my head. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. What is it with people selling pillows and having dumb ideas? Like the oh, yeah, Mike the Lindell guy. guy, yeah, is a CPAC speaker who thinks Trump is God. Huh. I don't know. Is there maybe you watch like, those my pillow commercials? He has the necklace with the cross. Oh, and he also has dead soulless shark's eyes. Yes. Um, he, maybe it's because also cars for kids is all that money goes to Orthodox Jews. What? Oh yeah. Read the. It's hard to. Yeah. Don't stop it. If you read the fine print. Which is in the commercial, if you got to, like, slow it down and blow it up and stuff. Oh, but if you read the fine print, it tells you it goes to, like, an Orthodox Jewish, like, place. Really? Yeah. That's a, that's <sighs> a religious group right there, Cars for Kids. I did not know. Uh-huh. God, they're... Okay, never mind. I was going to make a KKK joke, but, like, it made me feel really gross, so I didn't yeah. say it. Because they do spell... They're not racist. They're just Orthodox Jewish. Um... Anyway, the paper is from February 2018, and then the BBC reported it on June, and so in G- this past June. So, like, if you've seen it around, it's just because somebody discovered, like, putting horns and millennials in a headline. <laughs> yeah, that should do it's it. It's going to sell some papes. Oh, my God. Okay. Here is, <laughs> here's the story out of Hawkins, Texas, which, based on the number of people who live there, not many people go to. Uh-huh. Like, if you go to Google Maps and search for this town, it's it's very rural. Uh-huh. But it turns out that there's the main road, and then there's a little side road. Sure. And in that little land where those branch off, there's a sign that's been there for years that says, in big, giant letters, Jesus! Oh. And then in small letters underneath, welcomes you to Hawkins. Oh. It's like, oh, thanks, Jesus. Ooh, it is in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. So... This sign is huge, and years ago, um, the Freedom From Religion Foundation was like, "Your base, this is government endorsement of religion. What are you doing?" Right. The mayor's name is Will Rogers. Haha. But Home like, of Jarvis Christian College. There you go, where I'm everyone dead. goes. Uh-huh. And so, anyway, the the mayor was like, "This isn't a promotion of Christianity." <laughs> He's like, "We're just we're just celebrating someone famous." <laughs> And it's he even compared Jesus to Superman. Oh, it's like but oh. one, one you, the sign doesn't say Superman welcomes you to Hawkins, nor no, would that make any sense. No. And two, does he understand that Superman is fictional? <laughs> like, also, I don't think that's a comparison you want to make. Listen, the cross thing makes me extremely mad when they're like cross isn't a Christian symbol, but like <laughs> that's for Jesus. his name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do not know how you're going to argue with me that he's not Christian. Well, they didn't say the last name. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So anyway, the city council was like, all right, we're not playing a lawsuit game here. Uh-huh. Like they voted to remove the sign. But then some other dudes like, well, guess what? I'm buying the land and building a church on it. So now it's my private land and I can have the sign. Okay. But the truth is this led to a longer court battle because the city's like, no, this is our land. Like it's city owned land. This is not your church property. Wait, 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 then how did he buy it? Or did he buy it? He bought the space next to it, and he claimed that the, the place where the sign was located, we're talking oh. like feet apart. Uh-huh. He's like, but that sign is also mine, and it's private property, and so I get to keep it there, and it, like welcome everyone who comes <sighs> to the city. And the city's like, yeah, you bought this little area of private property, but the place where the sign is at is not part of that. <laughs> so they were fighting over that, too. This goes on forever. In 2017, a court had to step in and say, the city is right. <laughs> it's the city's property. They could take it down. They appealed the decision. No. An appeals court said, no, the city was right. What the hell is wrong with all you people? <laughs> and yet, even though the city won, the sign has been up there for years. Because, mm-hmm. like, no one can figure out what the hell to do with this thing. And then this Put week... Put it on that guy's property. He but wants it, it. But he wants it where it's located. He okay. wants it where everyone can see it. Well, I want a lot of Anyways. things. On Friday morning, a building crew just straight up took it down. What? <laughs> they just took it down. And they're going to build an actual street at that intersection. <laughs> Wait, so it had nothing to do with the lawsuit? They're just like, nothing oh, we need to, a space. The city's like, yeah, we're building a street here. It's coming down. <laughs> and the church is all pissed off. And they're like, the city employees destroyed our church property. What a phenomenal and waste of money that the, was. The guy was like, we're treating it like a hate crime. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 
And the police chief is like so emotionally disconnected from all this. Oh, really? He's representing the city. I mean, he yeah. works for the city, but he's like, it was a Jesus sign, but it could have been any sign. <laughs> like we would have taken it down. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got to build our street. Oh, that's FFRF sent out an email today. I think they declared victory, even though this had nothing to do with them ultimately. See, this is what I'm saying. Oh like God. treading water is victory in these times. I know. Okay. And here's one last one along the same lines of uh, you brought this on yourself. Oh. oh, I think we talked about this already that in Kenai Peninsula Borough in Alaska, um, a Satanist recently gave an invocation oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and her invocation ended with like, it is done. Hail Satan. So fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. She did this two years ago and they changed the rules after she spoke to say, well, you need to own a building in the area. If you want to be a representative who delivers the invocation, mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit. The city lost. You to be a white male landowner. <laughs> Pretty much. The city lost and they said, fine, fine. Here's the new rules. You just have to sign up in advance. Anything goes. You, but you do have to sign up. Maybe uh-huh. they were thinking like, well, Christians outnumber everybody. So maybe if Christians just take up all the slots, great. They did not. Yeah. And in fact, the Satanists got on the list again. Yes. And so she did it again a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh-huh. So this yeah, is what we, we were about talking about yeah. this. And she said it again. She gave her Satanist invocation. Great. So now one official's like, we should get rid of the invocations entirely. Oh, again, oh, really? he's like, let's change the practice. He wants a vote uh, today, as we record this. He wants a vote today that would put a ballot measure in front of the citizens to eliminate invocations. Though you don't need to go to the citizens because they're always going to vote to keep invocations. Sure, you're the leader. Just say we're getting rid of it and vote on it and be done. Mm-hmm. And you could change it. Like you don't need anyone else to decide this. Um, and even if the city votes for to keep it, like the same thing's going to happen. You're right. going to have more Satanists and atheists and well, Wiccans and pagans. Well, and they everyone. painted themselves into a corner, right? Like they cannot have. They the, can't say no. They can't say <laughs> no. So yeah, it's stupid. It's amazing how one Satanist has caused so many problems that are not so actually happy. problems that they brought onto themselves by keeping this around. Um, so anyway, that was cool. just we'll follow that. Stupid. This is. <laughs> This is a story that happened this week in South Carolina. On Sunday, a guy named Taylor Birch, he's 29, he's legally blind, he has a service dog, Mm -hmm. goes to a local church in South Carolina, Low Country Community Church, and he goes there and the greeters are at the door and they let him in and everything's fine and he goes to church and within minutes of him sitting down, someone at the church, like with a name tag and everything, uh, is like, you need to come with me. Tells him, basically, get the hell out of here. What? No animals are allowed at this church. And he's like, this isn't some random, I didn't bring a wild rabid monkey here. This is a trained service dog. Yeah, or even like a Pomeranian in my purse. <laughs> yeah, no, it's or not daddy. that. This is a trained service dog. It, it sh- the dog doesn't make noise. Yeah. The dog is there to help me because I'm legally blind. And like, if you go to any... Like, remember the blind people that Jesus helped? Yeah, right. Jesus healed a blind person. This place kicked you the fuck out cool and he's basically saying he this 29 year old guy had to wait on the patio of the <gasps> church until his mommy could pick him up okay which is humiliating That's but awful. even he's like i i wanted to go to church and this church kicked me out and the church's response you would think there here's what the church could have said listen this i'm sorry rogue actor yeah i'm sorry he didn't know how to handle it we have a no animals policy but this guy took it too far obviously we're right. really sorry like our bad no they didn't Jesus say Jesus hated any dogs. Of this. He said so. He fucking hates <laughs> golden retrievers. Yeah, Get the, them the fuck out of his the house. The church's response is like, we didn't do anything wrong. We are exempt from the Americans with Disabilities Act. Oh, that's always a fun stand to take. Yeah, not like. You know all the heroes who take a stand against the Americans with Disability <laughs> Acts? We write movies about them. This we is sing their songs about them. Those fucking heroes. Their response is not an apology. Their response is, well, we don't have to follow the law, so why are you mad at us? <laughs> Wow. Wow. The guy, his sister posted on Facebook about this and it went viral and so good. He has since said, the guy in question, he said, I'm never coming back to this church, which good. Um, Because the truth is most churches would have been fine with it. That's not an issue. I'm sure he'll find another church. Um, but it's just shocking to me that even given a second chance to respond to the situation. No, we got it in one. We fucking nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. That's, that's genuinely a tragic <laughs> story. And I'm sure, like, a huge fear for people with disabilities yeah. to, like, go into a public place and assume, like, not only assume people aren't going to be, like, fucking weirdos at you, but, like, this is humiliating and again, you would, for him. You would think the government sets the low bar for what you can do. When the federal government right. says this is the minimum wage, a good company would say, well, we're going to pay you better than that because yeah. we're a good company. Technically, we, we don't like have it. to pay you any more right. than this. For a company to say, well, we could pay you lower, but we're not allowed to. That's what this church right. is basically like. That's so You bad. could do better. But we don't want to. No. Like, nope, the government has higher standards than we do at this church. So, South Ooh. Carolina. <laughs> one, That's not great. I know. One, one final story for you. Okay. Uh, there is uh, Trump. One of the things he did when he got into office is he, because of Mike Pence, I assume, and because of the Christians surrounding him, Trump instituted a gag rule <laughs> when it comes to funding foreign uh, organizations. Oh, like yeah. if a foreign group wants money from the United States, there's a gag rule in place that says you cannot get any money if you perform or lead people to abortion clinics. There's an episode of Boston Legal about this in the Is 90s. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, it's still happening. <laughs> and so uh, Reagan, James Spader didn't solve it. <laughs> Reagan God, started doing right. this in 1984, but it's happened like when Bill Clinton was in office and I, I assume this happened in George H.W. Bush. When Clinton was in office, he got rid of the global gag rule. And then mm-hmm. when George W. Bush was in office, he reinstated it. Daddy, then Daddy. Obama got rid of it. And now Trump reinstated it. So uh, it's clearly... I've seen a pattern. There is a pattern. So here's the deal. There's a new study in The Lancet uh, this week. And The Lancet has its problems with the whole vaccines. And they once published the thing that said vaccines and autism. Oh, is The Lancet where uh, Kevin... Wrong name. Try again. I don't remember what it was. Fuck. But that guy, the one, the Andrew holy, Wakefield. That's Got the it. one. Tell them I didn't look it up. I you just pulled it out of my brain. You did. Where the horn is, you pulled it out <laughs> of. Yeah. The, Lancet published Andrew Wakefield and retracted it after it was too late. Anyway, new study in the Ew, Lancet. Why did I say Kevin? Sorry, Kevin, uh, my brother. <laughs> that's not a great sign. So the new study says, well, you know what? If Democrats get rid of this rule uh-huh. and Republicans keep reinstating it, we can actually do some studies on how it affected like abortions. Longitudinal studies yeah. that you wouldn't think. What happened in the years when the rule was in effect? And what happened when Democrats took it away? What happened to the abortion rates? Because the whole point of the gag rule is we don't want to support abortion. And redu- effectively reduce abortion. Right. right. We want to reduce abortion, right? So they did the study. And what did they find? When the gag rule was in effect uh-huh. under Republicans, uh-huh. the ban produced a 40% increase in a country's typical abortion rate. 40%? 40%. They also found a 14% decrease in the use of contraception. Because that's part of the... If yeah, I want to be clear. The gag rule, it's not just about abortion. It's about birth control as well. The right? gag rule is about abortion. But the thing is, if you're an abortion clinic that might get this funding, because uh-huh. you offer... Like Planned Parenthood. Sure. If you shut down Planned Parenthoods everywhere, you are also getting rid of a place that does a lot of... Contra- okay. Provides contraception. Sure. So you don't have these places getting funding now because they do abortion work. So, of course, the contraception usage also goes down. Sure. Which is bad. And they also saw a 12% increase in pregnancies when these Republican rules were in place. So basically, if you're a pro-lifer who supported these Republican rules of putting this gag rule in effect that the U.S. will not support you, you led to more abortions. If you wanted to see fewer abortions, then you want it legal and you want the U.S. to fund the groups that... People don't fucking care. The thing is, like, yes, this is damning results for... For if the right. these people cared about facts, this would make a difference. That's ex- <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. Like as if they give a fuck, like what facts and figures the, and shit. The say. pro-life Republican side led to riskier. Um, I'm saying this, not the study. Okay, but they led to more abortions. That includes more riskier abortions. Oh, sure. Because they couldn't get the help they needed. More unwanted pregnancies. More women could be in danger, if not dead, because of this. Mm-hmm. All because pro-lifers demand that this gag rule is in effect. Fact. And by the way, the same thing is going to happen if the U.S. strikes down Roe v. Wade and there are states where you can't obtain a legal abortion. All the same stuff is going to happen. Oh, yeah. And as everyone who studied this has said, if you want to reduce the number of abortions and you want to s- protect women and make sure they're not pregnant in the first place, 
then make it legal yeah. and make sure contraception is heavily available and make sure people are educated about this stuff. Right. All things that pro-lifers seem to oppose on the whole. So there you go. <sighs> I'm all done. That's a lot. Happy 4th. Yeah. It's really the end of, of America. It's celebrate. the last birthday we get. Oh, cool. Because there's going to be tanks in our 4th of July parade. <laughs> That's never been a bad sign. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> what are you doing for the fourth again? You're going, going somewhere. I'm going to Michigan with family. That's fun. For a few days. Nice. Good times. I'm just having some friends over. We're probably going to watch Independence Day and day drink. <laughs> what? <laughs> nice. it's, nice. That's how, it's how I celebrate. <laughs> um, actually, while I'm thinking about it, um, so my road trip is next month. Um, and so I'm asking for a little help. I want to do meetups in D.C. and Toronto. Um, just like... Super cas, just somewhere where we can get a drink and like say hi and hang out. Um, we've done two and they've been extremely fun and cool and chill. Um, DC, we're there the uh, August 18th and 19th. Probably the 19th, which is a Monday, is going to be our best bet. If anybody lives in DC and knows of a place, essentially we're going to be staying kind of close to the ballpark. So, like, nice. that's where we'll be. If anybody can suggest a place that we can have like 10 people or something meet up. Um, and then Toronto will be the following Monday. Oh, that might be a little more flexible, but um, the 26th. So, um, if anybody lives in those two cities and would be willing to kind of give me a suggestion of a bar that we can just like meet up for, you know, a couple hours. That would be um, appreciated. Also, I think we're going to do a meetup this month in Chicago. We're figuring it out. Details coming Question, soon. Question, important cue. Oh, God. Should we make it a dog-friendly bar so I can bring Dottie? Dear God. She's such a good dog. Look we'll at her. We'll figure out all Look the... Look at de- that face. No. <laughs> we'll figure out all the details. Um, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll I'm going to look into that, that this weekend. We'll, we'll probably do... Somewhere in the next couple of weeks. But anyway. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah, you can email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, I guess, at blueberry, B L U E B U R E, Hemant's at Hemant Meta. Um, we'll see you next week. Oh, wait, wait, my Etsy oh, shop. Oh, my Etsy oh, shop. Go. My Etsy yes. shop. My um, unemployment check got fucked <laughs> up this month. So please buy some shit from Etsy. I need to make Bitches my mortgage. Bitches get stitched done. Bitches get stitched done. Buy something, order something special. Um, I'm very good at it. Okay. Bye. bye.